welcome to episode 27 of Mum Talk. I have to apologise first and foremost. I am sorry about my voice. I have a stinking cold. I have not had a cold for almost two years and now entering into my 39 week of pregnancy could not be a worse time. I have come down with a bit of a stinking cold. Um, I picked it up. I have no idea how I picked it up actually but um, I came down with it pretty much the day before yesterday. So Monday. Uh, yesterday was an absolute shocker of a day. I don't think I've laid on the sofa all day once during this pregnancy. I've been really, really lucky and clearly, clearly this was karma biting me in the ass, literally, because I just could not get off the sofa. But today I am feeling so much better, so I, I am very much hoping that by tomorrow it will virtually be gone and I will be back to my normal self, ready and waiting and eager for baby to arrive. <laughs> um, I have kind of been channeling in a baby saying, don't come out, don't come out, because I cannot think of anything worse than going into labour with a head cold. But, you know, I'm sure if it happened, I would just man up and get through it. I'm sure many women have done it before, um, and it would be fine. So, yeah, I apologise first and foremost for my cold. But yeah, we are on episode 27 this week, and this week I wanted to touch base with you. I could have skipped a week, I could have also um, given you a podcast which I recorded a couple of weeks ago, but I wanted to check in with you guys because I promised you also to tell you what was in my hospital bag, and I figured that there's still a lot of you who want to know that information and a lot of you who don't necessarily watch YouTube. There is a YouTube video on what is in my hospital bag um, if you want to physically see it, but otherwise I have a big old list here of what is in it um, and what I still need to add kind of at the last minute. But I thought I would check in with you first, so right now I am sitting on my birthing ball in my lounge. I've just had some dinner um, and I have actually, weirdly, I got home because I just went to go and see my mum quickly, um, at our local kind of farm shop, um, she was up visiting a friend, and I just wanted to get out of the house, and I felt well enough too, so we went for a little stroll, got some fresh air, um, and I've just got back, and I got back and suddenly panicked, and thought, oh my god, the kitchen looks really dirty, it's not dirty, because I massively cleaned last week, um, but I just had an, a bit of a panic, so I don't know if that is like a labour thing <laughs> or whether that is nesting, I have no idea. But also right now, one of the reasons I am sitting on my birthing ball is I am getting some quite uncomfortable, I would go so far to say painful, but I'm pretty sure I don't know the meaning of pain yet, um, vaginal pains. I'm sorry guys if there's any men listening right now. Um, this might get quite graphic. I googled it anyway, um, which I know you shouldn't do. Definitely don't do that in pregnancy. Don't Google anything because it it basically tells you that you're dying. But um, I did Google it, and I think it's as the cervix starts to dilate or starts kind of the process of dilating. You don't necessarily, or what I can understand, I'm sure there may be someone that wants to correct me. But what I can f understand from reading online is that. When your cervix, your cervix can start to dilate without kind of going into full labour or contractions. Um, it may even start 
but I guess maybe ripening, which might be a word my midwife likes to use a lot, much to Hendrick's distress. Um, the cervix kind of ripens and starts to thin and starts to dilate, I guess, a little bit um, at the beginning. And that can sometimes feel like um, cervical pain. And I guess the pain which... If you listen to Rebecca and I's podcast last week with, um, also known as Somewhat Rad, um, I was asking her about labour and if she could um, kind of compare it to any particular pain that she's ever felt before. And she said, no, it's like a standalone pain other than kind of starting with period pains, lower back pain, maybe that kind of thing. Um, but this, I would definitely say, isn't that at all. It's almost like when when you go and have a smear test, um, if you've had a smear test, which I hope you all have, if you're listening, um, if you've had a smear test, it's kind of that same discomfort um, of when they kind of like scrape round um, on your cervix. But it's more than that. It's kind of that times like 10 <laughs> um, and for longer and I, so I don't know if it's whether the baby's completely dropped. And I definitely felt when I was out strolling with my mum, because I didn't do any walking yesterday. And then I did a big two hour hike. The, uh, no, I didn't. I did 5k the day before. And then I did two hour hike, which was about um, eight, nine k before, excuse me, before the day before um, on Sunday. So I don't know whether the baby has just dropped. So when um, I was walking with my mum just now, baby's head was rubbing on my cervix. And that kind of kicked things off. But about the same time last night, this happened as well. And Hendrik even said so much of, are you sure you're not in labour? Because this is kind of making you stop and you you can't actually um, talk for a second. Like a millisecond we're talking about. So who knows? Who knows what this is? Maybe this is, I'm sure this is just like little progressions of how things happen. I think also, I think... I don't know. Again, all of this, I just have no idea what you're meant to look for. Well, I do, but I, in reality, I don't know what it's meant to look like. Um, and I'm sure there are some of you being like, yes, I know, I know, I don't, I feel like I can't, I don't know the same either. Um, so I, on Saturday night, I think it's possible I lost my mucus plug, which is what they talk about is kind of like a bit of a heavier, stickier discharge, I guess. Um, because I thought... It was my waters at one point. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night to kind of this like little release. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but um, a little bit of water came out and then kind of what looked like a bit of discharge. Um, so I went to the bathroom and I thought, okay, well, if this keeps going, then this is probably my waters. Anyway, nothing else came out, nothing. So I figured that is my mucus plug kind of releasing and they say it can be anything from like straight away labor to kind of up to two weeks and that being on Saturday would literally be just under my two-week due date so you never know this baby could be very very timely and be right bang on time <laughs> I, I keep saying to um, my friend well my friends keep actually saying to me Emma you're the most on-time person we ever know uh, we yeah we know and if your baby's not on time it'll be a shock so let's hope she's not late anyway um but I just can't understand how she could be late because she is kicking my insides out at the moment and it is getting quite uncomfortable and quite sore um when she kicks I did go through a couple of days um, and this always seems to happen when I'm away from home 
I don't know whether it's because I'm anxious that I'm away from home, so I keep watching my my the kicks more, or I'm just more aware that I can't just jump in the car and go to Honiton or go to Exeter. Not that I've done that yet, but um, do that for kind of less movement. But baby definitely went pretty quiet on uh, when was it on Saturday evening and Sunday morning, and then she's like now she's properly picked up. So I am very pleased. I didn't go and do anything about it, but. She does like to do this to me quite often, um, but there are some people that say, well, babies go a little bit quiet a couple of days before labour, so who knows, who knows. I bet you'll all be laughing at me in a week or so when you're listening to this and you're like, oh yeah, she still hasn't had the baby and now she's overdue and now she's going to have to be induced and <laughs> I'm wishful thinking that this is all leading to labour. Anyway, I'm hoping that if labour happens, it happens this evening or tomorrow, but just not tomorrow from one o'clock because Hendrik is on a very long flight tomorrow. He leaves here at, I think he leaves here at, I don't know, 11-ish and doesn't get home until like 5am in the morning. So that is a big chunk of time where he could be away and I could definitely have the baby in that time. So I'm praying that if something is going to happen, it happens and um, he is home. He's home this evening Uh, Well, early in the morning, but I can't imagine things will happen that quickly if they were to happen. Anyway, I'm going off topic. I'm not going into labour right now. I'm just telling you that I'm experiencing a little bit of discomfort in my vaginal area, which I think is um, baby kind of going down and nuzzling down on the nerves in the cervix and maybe the cervix thinning out and dilating a little bit if Google and my body are in line with each other. (laughs) Um, I had my midwife appointment as well last week, which was my 38-week appointment, Um, and all went really well, everything was fine. There was a little bit of concern a couple of weeks before that I had um, sugar in my urine, but she actually gave me some pea sticks, um, because my appointments aren't until in the afternoons, So she gave me some pee sticks this time around and said, can you measure kind of your first pee in the morning? So I've been doing that. There's been no sugar, which is great. Great, great, great. So very happy with that. And she was happy with the size. I think baby is measuring exactly average at the moment, which is great. But as you know, these measurements mean very little. And I'm sure if you're pregnant, um, you may well have experienced this already, that these measurements mean very little or you will um, experience that soon. Um, but she was happy with everything. I did actually have a strep B test. Um, strep B, definitely Google it I'm not an expert, but it's basically a bacteria, harmless bacteria that lives in your, um, vagina. I think it can live in your urine. Oh, I don't really know, but, um, it can live in your birth canal basically. And when the baby comes out, it can be harmful to the baby. And if you have strep B, not everyone does. Um, it's not active in everybody, but it, it they want you to be on intravenous antibiotics in labour when you have strep B. Anyway, this had been a, quite a bit of chat between myself and my pregnant friends. And I mentioned it to my midwife, and my midwife very kindly um, just... I actually did it myself, a little swab, and she sent the swab off. Um, and came back, and I don't have it, which is great. So that was a bit of a relief um, 
to know that I didn't have to be on intravenous antibiotics. I never thought I did have it. I, there are no symptoms, I don't believe, that you can, that you have when you, when you have it. Um, but it was just something that was on topic. So have a little read into it, do a bit of research. I think there's a bit on strep B in your maternity notes if you have them. Um, I also haven't received my red book. And I know I will get one at the hospital if I need to, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't got one yet. So I'm really hoping that my midwife will send my red book out to me at some point soon. Um, so I've got that for when I do go into labour and I can take my red book in um, to the hospital. So I think what your red book is, is your baby's book where they put in all the measurements, everything that they've got during birth, all that kind of stuff. And then you keep that, all the inoculations, that kind of stuff. Um, so if you haven't had yours yet, ask your midwife. I got missed off the list somehow. Um, I think there was a lady sick or something and it, I just went and did my booking appointment on the wrong day for that and it just didn't get pushed through. So make sure you have a red book. You're meant to have a red book and your your health visitor will want to see the red book. Um, I also haven't been contacted by a health visitor yet so I'm hoping that she will contact me soon at some point. Otherwise I might just call Honiton and... Um, double check and see how that's coming along. I'm going to do that tomorrow, actually. Um, okay, so enough about that, enough about me. Let's get on to this hospital bag and what I have in my hospital bag. So I don't know about you, um, and I don't know if you listened to the podcast. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, but basically Hendrik was freaking out because my hospital bag was so big. It's not so big. Imagine an EasyJet carry-on flight case that's what it is that's as big as my my bag is basically um I don't think I'm gonna bother with taking an extra pillow I might shove one in the car with my birth ball and then if I really need it Hendrik can go down and grab it but um I yeah I don't need it I, I don't think I need it um I am going to take an extra towel so these are I'm just picking these things out first and foremost because um, they're the bulky things, I guess, but they're also the things that you don't really need to take. Now, the NHS obviously do have towels, but what kind of grosses me out a little bit about using their birth ball is if I'm butt naked, kind of want something to cover the birth ball, especially if my face is going to be on this birth ball. Um, so I've kind of bought my own towel, or maybe I'll keep my towel for showering and I'll use the towel that I'm given from them to cover the birth ball. I don't know. I don't know how this all works. Maybe the birth ball gets covered or gets thoroughly cleaned, but I'm a little bit OCD with cleaning and I'm not very good in hospitals anyway, so <laughs> um, probably best I just have a spare towel that is my own if I want to take a nice shower. So back to the size of my case. It is literally, it's a wheelie bag. Um, Hendrik has an over-the-shoulder bag which he can carry, which has a change of clothes in for him because I made the point that... If he goes, if, if say, I called him on his way home from work tonight and said, I'm in labour, I've gone to the hospital, things are progressing really quickly, there's no point in him coming home, so he would just need to come straight to the hospital. And I think he'd feel a bit of a douche if he was in his pilot uniform all evening. <laughs> so um, I think he'd want to get changed into something more comfortable. So once I made that point, he has now taken that bag with him with some change of clothes in. And he's also got my, um, a few bits in there 
for me to set up the room because he'll obviously be setting up the room. And by setting up the room, we're not going overboard. I think you can maybe go a little bit overboard, but it really does depend on what you want in your birthing room. And it also depends on what labour you're having. You know, you might be listening to this knowing that you're going in for an elective C-section, um, which is great. You might be listening to this knowing that you're going to be in the birth centre. You might be listening to this knowing that you're going to be on the labour ward and you're not going to have much um, say in any of this. So I am packing this hospital bag from the hope that I will be in the birth centre having a water birth. Um, that's my hope. But there are some little snippets, so or tricks, I guess, um, which a couple of my friends have said, even though I had a C-section, these were absolutely brilliant for after. So I gave my friend a couple of electric candles. Now, they're, they're really big. They've got a, quite a big glow on them. They're, um, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 centimetres tall, so they're not your teeny tiny little uh, candle ones. They're quite big, glowy candles. They're from Ikea. Um, I actually had them for my wedding, and they're battery-powered. And my friend Millie obviously didn't use them when she was in labour because she ended up having a C-section. But um, she used them for afterwards because her bedside light, something as simple as this, her bedside light wasn't working in the ward. She had to stay in for five days and um, she used these candles as a really lovely night light just to make her feel cosy and safe in the hospital. So it might be that even if you think, right, I'm going in for elective C-section, I don't need candles. But maybe it's nice to, because if you have to stay in for a little bit longer with a C-section, you may well want to just light some candles, or ha you know, have the battery-operated candles next to your bed, rather than a big bright light shining down on you and your baby. So something to bear in mind anyway. Okay, so into my hospital, well, into Hendrick's hospital bag. I'll stay on the candles. So Hendrick has the candles. Hendrick also has my diffuser. Um, it is just like a steam diffuser kind of thing. It is... I've put in oils. I've put in tea tree oil, lavender oil. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Tea tree oil and lavender oil. So he's got that as well because he would put that in. I've also put my speaker in um, just because I never have much luck connecting my phone with speakers and I would just be really peeved if I couldn't get my phone to connect with their speaker and it's a bit of a faff so I've taken mine I've got being a yoga teacher I obviously have my own little speaker and we're just taking that don't forget the charges for these things um my uh infuser is a plug-in one so don't forget the charges um Hendrick is also going to take his iPad um I know there might not be a lot of time for movies and that kind of thing but I just want to be able to have the option if we end up, you know, or maybe the other end, if I end up having to stay in, he can leave me his iPad and I can watch stuff on that. So in my bag, that's pretty much it. He's got the snacks in there as well, but currently all that I've put in snack-wise are dried apricots because I have zero desire for any form of food at the moment. So if someone said to me, what do you fancy for dinner? I would not be able to tell you. Um... I haven't been to Tesco's for ages and I need to go tomorrow. So I should probably pick up some bits and pieces, even if I don't fancy them. <clears throat> okay, in my bag, I have a towel, which I've already mentioned. I have a couple of bras to wear in the pool. So they these are just little cotton kind of bra thingies. 
and I have two just in case I get out and then get back in again. I probably don't want to get cold and leave one on. I may well just go braless in there. I'm not too fussed about getting my boobs out, um, especially in front of other women and um, doctors. So I may well go braless if I want to, but a couple of bras. I have got some nursing pads in there, so leaking pads. I have my reusable ones, but I do also have some disposable ones for ease, just in case everything goes tits up, literally, and I just can't cope, so have that too. I have hair bands. I have my amazing My Expert Midwife nipple cream, nipple balm. I have a couple of sleep bras, which I got from Jojo Mama BB. They are just black sleep bras. I, I mean, you probably don't need them. You could probably just wear your own normal bra, so I've kind of got them to double up as other bras as well. But I've just popped them in a little bag with um, my underwear as well. So I've packed some nice big black knickers. I have a large t-shirt, just one of Hendrick's old large t-shirts that I always wear or used to wear to sleep in. In my pregnancy, I've been sleeping naked because my skin's been so sensitive. So I have a big t-shirt of his, which I can lift up to breastfeed if I need to. Um, I don't have really like pretty underwear and I don't really have pretty dressing gowns or kimonos. When I was shopping, well, when I was walking with my mum earlier, actually, we popped into a shop. Excuse me, it was yawning. Popped into a shop and there's a really beautiful kimono. Um, and I did think about buying it, but then I thought, nope, don't, don't do it, don't do it. So I didn't. Um, I've also packed my hot water bottle. And I have packed some slippers, some slippers which I saved from the Scarlet Hotel, actually, from my trip there. Listen to that podcast if you haven't already. Um, they're lovely flip-flops and they're recycled plastic, so feel very good wearing them. Um, I have lip balm, which apparently is very important for gas and air. Apparently gas and air really dries out your lips. So I've got my Elizabeth Arden 8-hour cream lip balm, which nothing can stop. Well, nothing can dry out my lips when I'm wearing that. So uh, I have a water bottle, a very large water bottle. I'll probably take two. One for Hen- one will end up, end up being Hendrix and one will end up being mine. Um, I have packed some soft loo roll. So some Andrex four times quilted or something loo roll. I have heard not particularly great things about um, wiping your sore bum with NHS loo roll. But it's really not a necessity. You could pat it dry instead or just wash it and then towel it dry. Bit of a tip, which I picked up from um, endless Googling stuff, is to... Oh, and I th- maybe someone told me this actually as well. Maybe someone wrote to me on Instagram and told me this. I think they did actually. Thank you to whoever that was, if you're listening. Um, to blow dry your bits once you've had a bath or a shower or... Um, been to the loo, just take that little bit of extra time to actually just get the hair dryer down there. Um, Apparently it promotes healing and just dries everything out before it then kind of, you know, gets moist itself with warmth and stuff. Um, But dry it out. Dry it out, people. What else? Toiletries, obviously. So toiletries have not gone in yet because I use them. So I have my bath bag ready to go. In there is Arnica. Um, I also have, what else is in there? Well, will be in there. My toothbrush, toothpaste, moisturiser, face wash, um, 
I don't actually use shampoo and conditioner. I use a soap nut bar, which is a Ayurvedic uh, shampoo bar, I guess, but it's not shampoo. It's soap nut. Um, so I will take that with me. Absolutely stinks. So I'm sure NHS will love me for that, but I will take that with me in my bath bag. And I will also be taking moisturiser and my um, absolute favourite um, skin elastic, my expert midwife uh, body, uh, tummy cream. I just, I'm really sorry that took me a while to get out because I just couldn't remember the name for a second. Um, I, will, I will take that. I will also take maternity towels. Um, so I have got some maternity towels. Go on my YouTube and just have a little look at the brand. I will try and make a note of the brand at some point. Um, I just bought them in Waitrose, actually. But they're 100% cotton, the topping, and they're breathable. They are expensive, but they're also biodegradable. Um, I couldn't deal with doing the whole reusable pad thing for this. So I have got... Um, biodegradable ones I just can't remember I think they're called like natural curina something like that um but you get them in Waitrose and they're maternity towels they're the proper maternity um pads I've also got the panty liners actually and the panty liners are really really good um and I've also bought tenor pads so the tenor well the pants sorry the pants not the pads the all-in-one tenor lady pants. I've bought Boots' own ones of the tenor pants, but most people know the tenor pants. So I think I've bought the um, Maxi Flow or Super Flow, Super Flow ones. Um, and, and Rebecca did say in the podcast last week, so have a listen, that wearing them in the evening at night just took a lot of worry out of needing to change your pad or something like that. So I am probably going to do the same, but I've actually put the whole lot in there. So I've got about 20 pads. Um, there's a Boots in my hospital. There may well, I'm sure there'll be somewhere where you can get pads as well. Millie was saying that if you're leaking your waters in hospital, then they would rather you put a pad in, um, which I can understand completely. But then obviously you go through a lot of pads, whereas... I'm just assuming that they'll be used for bleeding, but <laughs> probably not. So I might need to put some more in, but to be honest, I'll just get Hendrik to go and grab some cheaper ones. Um, what else have I got in here? Okay, so for, that's pretty much all I have in there for me. Um, all I have, yeah. For baby then. So the baby stuff, I have put... Um, so Hendrik's kind of got the during labour stuff. I've got the after labour stuff to look after me and the baby stuff. That's kind of how, I guess, it's worked a little. The only other things that I have, which Millie gave me, is I have a labour blend spray. So it's like a massage oil um, room spray type thing. Um, and it has clary sage in it and it has some lavender oil, I think, in it and something else. But it's like a labour blend. Um and Millie was saying, you know, when you start to feel like things are moving or around your due date, just start to get Hendrik to massage this into your sacrum um, to maybe get the ball rolling a little bit. Might not work. And she also gave me, what did she give me? She gave me some other homeopath, homeopathic um, stuff. Ah, I can't even remember the name. 
I will let you know on the next podcast what that was. Um, I will try and remember to let you know or put it in an Instagram story um, and let you know what that was. But uh, including Arnica, she gave me the Arnica as well. And then some um, home remedy, I think it's called. It's all stuff that I've never used before anyway. Um, okay, so for the baby. For the baby, I have put in three sleep suits. So the long-armed, long-legged sleep suits with the mitts and the feet. I've put in three body suits. So just, um, I put in three long-sleeve body suits and three short-sleeve body suits. I've probably put in too much, actually, reading this with baby. Um, I've put in one lot of scratch mitts. I've put in two baby hats. I've put in nappies. Um, we're not going to use reusable nappies straight away, especially not in the hospital. We are going to use, I think I have put in some kit and kin biodegradable uh, ones just to start with. I put in some cotton wool, some baby wipes, but they're actually for me. I thought they would be nice and refreshing. Um, and I actually have also put in a couple of... Um, uh, cheeky wipes, which are the kind of flannel type wipes, reusable flannel types, for me to just pop on some oil, wet them, and pop on maybe tea tree oil and just sniff that, especially if I have a cold or something still when I go into labour, then that will be really, really useful. I've also popped in a baby blanket, and we've got the car seat, of course. I have some muslins in there as well, some muslins in there. I haven't put a swaddle in or anything like that, but I'm guessing I can just swaddle if needs be in the blanket. Um, and if we really need to get anything else and give, you know, put anything, um, get anything else for the baby, then Hendrik can just run home. I mean, we're what, like 25 minutes away from home, half an hour away from home on a really good run. So if he needs to grab something, then he can just go and grab something. I haven't put anything in there like a book. Some people say put a book in. <laughs> I definitely haven't done that. I don't think I would be um, the kind of person to read a book. Maybe watch a movie, but not read a book whilst I'm in labour. Um, and, oh, we've got the camera as well. We have got the camera. I am not really fussed about anyone taking photos. <laughs> the only person that's going to be there is Hendrik, but anyone taking photos, but he would like to take a few photos, and if, if that's what he would like to do, then then go right ahead, do that. Um, and I think that is pretty much it. That is pretty much it. I'm probably forgetting something completely vital, which I have put in, but I haven't told you. And if I have done that, my um, hospital bag is already in the car so forgive me I haven't got it out right in front of me and I am not going through it as I'm talking to you which is why this is a little bit disjointed and I do apologize but if you want to go and see what is actually in my hospital bag go to mum talk youtube on youtube and uh, or mum talk podcast on youtube and you will be able to physically see what is in my bag including the oils. Oh, I've got um, my expert midwife spritz for bits as well, which I have heard is the absolute bomb of saving your bits stuff. So literally everybody I see that's given birth has that stuff. Um, so I will be using that. Um, and then a couple of things which I've done for when I get home. I have prepared my 
maternity pads for when I get home. So I am not sure if I've told you about this, so I'm going to tell you again. I apologise if I'm repeating myself, but I have popped in the freezer 10 ready-prepared maternity pads which have aloe vera infused with tea tree and witch hazel. I think that's one of them. And then the other has arnica and candwella. I think that's how you say it. I don't really know how you say it. Um, into the aloe vera. So it's Dr... Uh, Dr. Otka's Organics or Dr. Organics, Dr. Organics. Um, it's just from Holland and Barrett, but it's that his in, or their infused um, aloe vera. So I've put that on, and they are in the freezer in a Ziploc bag, all ready to go for when I get home. And then next to the loo, I have a little basket. Currently, in there are my panty liners, um, but. What's also in there is a couple of freebies that I was given um, in those like Emma's Diary maternity pack things, like the um, pad relief things, gynecological multi-pad relief thing. I've got one of those, and then I'm also going to put in a water bottle because I've heard that when you go to the loo, it really is quite painful, and if you can go to the loo and rinse at the same time with water, that helps. Um, I will also be putting in their maternity pads so they are right there in the basket ready for me to just grab when I'm on the loo so it's all very easy. Um, and then I will also be creating another little basket and my spritz for bits will go in there as well so I can spritz um, off after I've gone to the loo. Um, and then I'm going to also make another little basket to go kind of wherever I am breastfeeding. So if I'm breastfeeding and I'm downstairs, I can ask Hendrik if I can't go and get it myself for some reason to just go and grab my breastfeeding basket. And I will just make sure in there that I have my book or a magazine. I don't really read magazines, so probably just a book. I will have my phone charger probably. <laughs> um, I will have water. I will have some snacks. So for me, that's most likely to be in the form of chocolate um, and I will have a muslin I'll probably have some cotton wool or something um, yeah that's that's what I will that's what I will have in the basket um, just to be and maybe a bib or something although I don't really plan on using bibs to, to be honest um, straight away so I'll have that and then what else um, what else have I bought that is quite relevant uh, to this topic of having bits and pieces around? No, I can't remember. It's gone. It's gone out of my mind. Maybe it'll come back. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm going to have when I am breastfeeding. Uh, and then next to my bed, a lot of people have asked what I'll have next to my bed, whether I'll have a breastfeeding kind of station next to my bed. I don't plan to. Um, oh, I will also have some um, fresh breastfeeding pads in my uh, basket, my breastfeeding basket. So then when I'm done, I can just slip a new pad in there if the other one was wet or not. Um, and then I can, I'll just try and keep it replenished each time if I can. I'll just keep replenishing, keep replenishing. But honestly, who knows how this is going to work? Who knows? And in fact, ever since coming down with this cold, I've kind of let go of a lot of stuff. I think it really dawned on me yesterday. If I, if I went into labour with this cold, I don't feel like it now because I feel so much better, but 
if I went into labour yesterday with that cold, I have just no idea how I would have done that. I mean, I literally did not feel like myself at all. It was awful. Um, and I'm sure hormones would have kind of, you know, got me through it. But I did think at one point, I'm just not, I just don't think I could do it naturally um, with feeling this rotten. I just don't think I would have the energy or the ability to do it. And it really put things in perspective. And Millie, actually, my friend said, you know, when you're in hospital and if things are going wrong, even if things are going right, if you're just kind of not coping, you won't care. You are there to birth your baby. That is why you are there. That is why you are in this position. That is why you are at this point in your life in labor to birth your child safely. And so you're both safe. It's not to not fail. And I hate that word and not adhere to your birth plan or your birth preferences it is to birth your baby so at the end of the day you want to get your baby out safe and sound that's that's all there is to it and I think we put so much emphasis on want it to be natural don't want any pain relief I failed if I have pain relief or I failed if I have a c-section it wasn't the birth I want and yes it's devastating if that happens of course it is and but at the end of the day, you're there to... And if things are really going kind of that way um, and your baby needs to come out right now and right right there and right now, then you're probably going to do everything in your power to get the baby out. Um, and that will probably mean disregarding your birth preferences. So, yeah, I've managed, I've actually let, a, let go of a lot of... Um, desire I guess around my birth preferences I, I never had a huge amount but I think secretly in my mind I was like I want it to be natural I want it to be in the water which of course I do but as the closer I get to it the more I'm very much open to just still being here with a beautiful healthy baby when um and be able to come home like soon um so there we go there we go I think I am going to stop waffling in your ears now. Next week, I have a brilliant podcast. Who knows what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks? If everything goes really quiet, I know everything's been really quiet on Instagram and I've had a lot of messages asking me if baby's come. Baby hasn't come, <laughs> as you're aware. Um, but I have had a lot of messages um, because it's been so quiet so don't stress I will let you know when baby is here you will find out but if there is a point where an episode just doesn't pop up maybe some of you are thinking that that's today um then it may well be because I'm in labor you never know or it may well be that I'm chatting to you next week um and I'm not in labor and nowhere close and maybe even gone reverse because I will be when I chat to you next week I will be two days before my due date so yeah getting I mean I'm ginormous now if you have seen pictures which I don't think you have actually because I've been off Instagram but um yeah I'm pretty huge pretty huge I just don't know where there's gonna be any more room for any more baby but who knows maybe I'll be chatting to you next week with a baby I have no idea 
But when the baby comes, I will be starting a new series. So I may well take a couple of weeks break and then start a new series, or I may just jump straight into it. But I have decided that when baby arrives, that will mark the beginning of series two of Mum Talk podcast. Because otherwise I'm just going to keep rolling with these episodes and we're at episode 27. So there's got to be a series two at some point, right? So um, I will start that when baby arrives. Anyway, I hope you're all having a beautiful week. Have a lovely rest of your week and I will check in with you again next week. Um, And I'll see you then or I'll speak to you then. All right, lots of love and thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry it's been a little bit disjointed, but blame my cold um, and my, yeah, slight waffling. I apologise. All right, chat to you soon.